0: Welcome to another episode of the Then and Now podcast. I'm your co-host C Diesel. To the left, the man have Mister Lelouch V. To write of me, I have Professor E King. The comics, Ethan Murphy. How are y'all doing today, brothers?
1: Hmm, not too bad. <coughs> and
0: uh... don't don't do it. Don't overdo it. Let, let us get into don't it, overdo it, it. Let us get into it first.
1: Yeah, we gonna, we gonna get into. We gonna I get know to get
2: get what the fuck you me. say. Let's make it three seconds. Three oh, seconds. I saw the That's cogs I,
0: turn, and I'm like, no, let me stop yeah, you. Let's, a go, let's introduce the
2: topic first. A lot of cogs, man. I was cogs full. Oh, man. Uh, Ethan, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I have a nice, cr- clean, crisp haircut like Otis East does. But I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing, Otis? Hey. I'm not Otis. How you doing, Charlie? Charlie? I'm
0: good, man. Got my water. Mm-hmm. Ready to get hydrated, ready for a good cool. show. We're going right. to get into it. So, guys, courts in session. Today, the thing that is on the trial that we're going to kind of have a verdict on, is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, uh Netflix series that came out. It's an anthology series. Um, it was a compilation of different horror stories, some written by H.P. Lovecraft. I think some by uh, various other authors, and they kind of just made shorts out of each one of them. Um, some have some pretty big standout um, actors and cast. I think the biggest one that I've seen was uh, my boy Ron Weasley, and I think the fifth one, I believe.
1: He was on the last one. Was it it the last one? No, it wasn't. Oh, maybe. I mean they they only dropped like the first four, right? Well, the first uh six. Six came
0: out.
2: Okay, only
0: the first four. Yeah, I didn't get to the last one, last one because I've been kind of preoccupied doing stuff this week, uh getting stuff ready for this stream uh later on after the show. But I I think I watched enough. I think I'm like one episode left, but I think I had enough to have a pretty good verdict on the series for myself. But guys, let's go ahead and get into it. What were your initial thoughts? And I guess we'll start with Ethan. Not Ethan, we'll start with Otis because he had Cogs turning.
2: Yeah, Cogs man. So I
1: mean, <clears throat> but when I first saw the trailer for this on uh on Netflix, I saw the two shows that it compared to it were American Horror Story and Black Mirror, which are two shows that I personally don't enjoy. So <laughs> it kind of already like set my t- uh idea of what I was gonna expect for this. And, um, yeah, it lived up to that. Because, uh like, okay, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit for the film quality, the shot quality, some of the dialogue scenes were all pretty well done. But, like, for every single one of those anthologies, I didn't give a fuck what was happening, right? Like, I didn't care about those characters. I didn't care about the scenarios. There was no tension. There was no fear. I, I, was, I was bored. Like, the first time I started watching through it, I was bored. The second time I finally was able to get through the majority of the episodes, and the third time, I told Felicia, I "Was like, you know what? I'm maybe gonna maybe sit through this. Me, I'm gonna finish this song, so you don't have to endure this punishment, because that's what it was. <laughs> this was this was a punishment. This was not enjoyable
2: for me." You said endure this punishment. Damn. <laughs> My question would be for
0: you, Ian uh, Otis. What can you name any like anthology or short story
1: series that you enjoy, or is it just the format in general? I mean, <clears throat> off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many. I mean, I mean, Love, Death, and Robots is one that I enjoyed. It's, it's hit and miss. Uh, like, honestly, most dark anthologies I, I, I don't really get into just because I, like, build up to a story and not trying to get it into one quick thing. Like, I guess the closest thing to mm. an anthology I would say I, would, I really enjoyed was Sandman because I felt like that was, like, a series of anthologies that kind of built up to something in the end but yeah i i really I, it's not really something that I, I i go for personally just because i just i haven't seen it well executed many times before
0: that's what i figured from your explanation of it i know we i don't think we've ever talked about this topic in particular as far as like anthology series or short stories or short form content but that was that was my guess um ethan how did, how did you feel about it
2: so I actually, oh, this is something Otis and I did talk about somehow on some show, I remember one time he mentioned anthologies to me. Uh, and I believe back then I said the same thing as far as him and I have very different opinions on anthologies. I, I tend to like anthologies mainly because of the, of the nature of them as far as being able to have a different take in a genre. Uh, I actually do like Black Mirror. I grew up watching Tales from the Crypt. Um, so, you know, I, I like these kind of stories or, or series where they have different vignettes uh, that are meant to be somewhat akin to each other, but have different directors and writers uh, getting different shots at it. So, as far as Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, <laughs> what was fun about this was just how old oh boy walked out there. He, he sauntered. My well, I man sauntered out there in his mm-hmm. suit to that cabinet in the middle of I have no idea where that is. Maybe it's his basement. Maybe it's his wife's uh, you know, her, her, her closet. Who knows where that place is? But he saunters out there slowly opens up that those cabinet doors, puts a little doll down on that table, and he's having fun. You can tell Guillermo's like, I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. They Netflix gave me a whole bunch of money and said, go crazy, and I'm going crazy. So it's fun. Uh, granted, the mileage on these stories and the characters is, is wonky. It's very wonky. Otis is right that in that first one, for example, Tim McNelson is a hardcore asshole. There's no <laughs> there's no if answer but This dude deserves every wrong thing that's coming his way. And finally it does. It's a weird pace, weird setup for it, weird uh you know, kind of payoff. But I guess it's there. I agree They're not the none of these are really like like jumping or, or kind of actually scaring you that much. Um, but they like, it's oh, not even steps. like
1: psychologically t- uh tormenting either. Like there's there's yeah. nothing there, it's just they push the lotion on its skin and then it acts as in the back like why why did that happen
2: mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. yeah these are these are oddities. like you said it, it doesn't say it's not cabinet of horror or suspense it's cabinet of curiosities i guess cuz you will be mm-hmm. while you're watching initially like okay i'm kind of curious I, to see i'm this curious goes. why I the know. fuck
1: you thought of this that's what i'm curious So
2: yeah yeah it's uh but it's still it, it's um i don't know what it is there's a weird flavor that give has almost like cumin or or, or, or like uh <laughs> like, like, like garlic or, salt or it's cyanide like... maybe <laughs>
0: Cyanide is crazy.
2: There's something about his flavor that's like, huh. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know it when I see it. It's a, it's definitely it's the year same
1: flavor that ruined the strain
2: too, if you ask me. But that's, the that's thing. Oh, I haven't seen that one, but uh, but yeah. that's, that's that's that's. I mean, Dev, what is your take on this?
0: So well, I have a vastly different take for this. For Me, this was kind of at home with a lot of stuff I um, grew up reading in regards to like Edgar Allan Poe stuff with like Telltale Heart, different stories like that. It wasn't more. This, this to me, is like a sub genre than horror where it's not meant to be terrifying, but it's again, it's meant to be a curiosity in regards yeah. to like quirky, weird stuff that happens. Um, like you think it's like if you, you guys have read the Telltale Heart, right? I'm assuming, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: high school, like even with I mean, that in general, that's
0: not a terror thing, it's supposed to meant it's meant it. it to me
1: that that type of story is the kind of energy i get throughout all these short stories but it leads the telltale heart actually successfully built up suspense what the fuck did any of these do
2: you know, it, yeah yeah know. Telltale, telltale heart does have it has psychological stress as mm-hmm. well for that mm-hmm. character that's going through that.
0: Yeah. yeah uh in the format like that i feel like a lot of these built up suspense not to the degree that we're used to because again i will say keep in mind that we are harsh as fuck critics well especially otis um, and we hold things to a certain quality in regards to the best, I think there is a dichotomy and a separation between like somebody doing something at this amazing level, and then everything else has to meet that. Not everybody's going to meet that crazy amazing level. They're going to get close to that, or maybe try to get close to that, but they won't. Not mm-hmm. saying that the things below that are terrible. They're just not as good as the other stuff. That's just the way I, I see that in particular.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I was saying, too, that I, I agree. It's The mileage will vary. I think mm-hmm. we're, the three of us fall in different camps. I think Otis wasn't didn't necessarily like it i can't quite quite tell uh i i thought i thought i I thought it was okay it wasn't good but i wasn't angry that i watched it i've only seen the first four Uh, i think and i think dev you appreciate it the most out of us which Mm -hmm. is good i'm glad we have different takes on things i agree with what you're saying dev there's a line from the simpsons treehouse of horror one or two where Lisa, the way they do the raven, they, they kind of reenact the raven, essentially, that's part of the, the story that they, one of them tells. And uh, and then Bart ends it by saying, that wasn't scary at all. And Lisa says, well, I guess people were easy to, easier to scare in the 1800s. It's like, yeah, if these stories are being written by, like you said, H.P. Lovecraft and whatever, the 19th century or some shit, it's like, yeah, I, I imagine the stories, they were allowed to be a lot slower, a lot different to still work on people. And also, mm-hmm. if, the, if the medium these were originally in was, you know, prose in a you know novel it could play differently it could work differently mm-hmm. the story of Cthulhu uh, I forgot the actual story the, the actual story with Cthulhu in it's called it's called call, call of Cthulhu call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. isn't like a suspense drama either there's not like a whole bunch of jump scares I, if you read that story it's it's a very different field you might think would actually happen with Cthulhu. You're mm-hmm. seeing a person basically lose their mind as they realize oh wait this Cthulhu thing is actually happening. So it's a uh, the, the the way we're used to digesting horror this day and age in 2022 is very different than what was originally set up, and I get it. We're gonna have different uh, tastes and different flavors for it, hmm. yeah. I mean, okay,
1: like comparing it to something else that we've seen recently, like Dahmer uh, yeah. that wasn't scary, right? That wasn't something that was uh building up jump scares and making you just genuinely intimidated, but they built tension, they built uh, just moments that were just genuinely unsettling. These are just annoying, right? Like, why was there a a lotion monster into someone's basement <laughs> like why the fuck did that happen right like,
2: no, 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 the best part about that was i was like oh oh this is gonna see this i I knew, I knew he was gonna bring up that lotion mm-hmm. This is literally a lotion monster um, um for that one in
0: particular th- i will say what i'll say about it is that i think that a lot of these stories are dated in the sense um, because there's some of these, a lot of these are I feel like are based off of hey older stories from a while back. They again like they're dated in um, what they're trying to do. They're not, granted, they're not um, retelling really? everything word for word, but they are <laughs> trying to adapt this old thing. I don't, I, I think that it, for me, I don't think they took enough lib, creative liberties for certain stuff. Now, first and foremost, I will say the effects and the uh the spe- the makeup team for this were top notch they did an amazing job for me personally I'm always a fan of monster design and monsters in any Guillermo del Toro movie from like uh Hellboy series going forward like every like say what you want about his director, directorial territorial style whatever else but the way he has mon- I don't know if it's his team or if he just knows the right people but he always has his monsters look amazing and i think you can tell that drastic the difference from the original hellboy stuff to the reboot that looked like trash um
2: oof oh the david harbour one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
0: that they they made him look like ass they made yeah, the monsters yeah. they just they went full cg with monsters which i'm never yeah. against cg if it's done well but for when you have uh a, a whole two movie series i think well, yeah, it was two movies it was, it was three. three total It's three total yeah i forgot about the golden city army. thing. Mm-hmm. yeah golden army uh, when you have that where they have so many, like they had a monster market, like a diagonally pretty much. And you saw all these different monsters and it was all practical effects and done well. And now you do like a mirror to that and every like 90% of that is CGI. I'm like, it just, it looks off to me, but that's what I will say. Even the, even the lotion monster looked great to me. Like I thought that looked amazing. It was weird, but, and I get the kind of metaphor
1: they were going for with the with the mm-hmm. motion monster yeah. yeah
2: i get it i get it too but the i, I
1: standards and all that shit i get yeah. that but like do it better right like if you want to make a metaphor make it good and like yes visually visually all of that look uh, well mm-hmm. but that's like half of the equation right like sure sure so let's offer talk some about constructive criticism what would what have you for that one in particular what would you have changed what would you have to scrap because like Why would you make this metaphor with lotion? Like, if you're going to make it a modern take on it, like, do some of these makeup products that we have out today and then make it drive her crazy because she's not getting the results that uh, the other women are getting. Like, you could have something like that where there's, like, a dichotomy between what she's enduring, what she's she's taking in from her, her peers. But, like, don't do a fucking lotion monster in the basement, right? Like, what is... What... What imagery is you trying to create with that? Like what is what is the, the point that you're trying to get across that like eventually you're gonna like make out with a lotion monster and then improve <laughs> yeah. your skin and then kill your husband after? Like what is the progression between those events?
2: Right, yeah, like, it's 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 a it's a it's a by the way, spoiler alerts, I guess. For the <laughs> for kind of you guys for these first six episodes, mm-hmm. uh yeah, so so to answer your question, Deb, I guess to address your hypothesis, uh, Otis, the lotion monster is a weird, weird take. I, it, the one thing I did appreciate about it was, that, was the nuance as far as her desires. Uh, typically, when you have anthologies or any kind of a horror, you're dealing with the seven deadly sins in some, in some capacity. Uh, so for her, it was definitely pride. She wanted to look better and be received better by her peers. What was funny was they didn't go the 80s route and having her try to be... Have, they didn't set it in high school where it was a teenager trying to get the affections of some dude. They actually mm-hmm. had it where she was established, and married, you know, with a husband that actually appreciated her very much, uh, to his detriment. Uh, and she was trying to get the affections or the, the notice of her co workers. And they essentially, she didn't seem evil, she just seemed, you know, somewhat relatable as she was put upon what I probably would have changed to, to the taxidermy was a relatable. No, no, relatable as far as we all can relate to the idea of feeling like we're lesser than compared to mm-hmm. our uh peers or we want to be noticed more or we we want to be prettier or taller or whatever it is that kind of a thing. And Uh, I get I get the
0: taxidermy angle because that's the thing they do in a lot of horror with a character that's not traditionally accepted or beautiful. So they have them have this skill that in which they make something else pretty in their eyes. Like she talked about how it's beautiful. It never dies. It's gonna be pure forever. Mm -hmm. And I kind of that was like a metaphor for like what she Mm -hmm. wanted to be. Um, so I feel so, like it's a trope out.
1: that's being overused at this point. Because, like, yeah. who hasn't been taxidermy lately? Bates Motel, Dahmer. Now this random chick with the lotion. Yeah, I mean, that's it's like. Oh, I thought
0: so that people that actually for the- taxidermy it's like, damn, I got to you got a bad rap. For y'all actually <laughs> for yeah, here.
2: they have the <laughs> worst rap you can have, man. It's like, oh, I made God. a good job, or just lie about what you do. Yeah, I'm lying whatever. about what I do. I'm like, I work in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 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 one that one thing that happens. I almost would have had it go the other route. Instead of her being the one that's the most relatable, I would have had her be the beauty queen essentially, and had it. she was the the, the um or the queen bee as I call it. Had her be that one, the queen mean girl, and have mm-hmm. it that she's doing everything she can to try to stay ahead of all of her friends. Mm-hmm. She's like she she's clinging to her beauty with a you know iron fist, uh, more or less. Um, I know that's been done before too, but maybe go that route instead, and as opposed to the lotion. Have it that, I'm not sure what you would do, but you could easily with technology, with modern technology, you could have all kinds, I think it was must be set like in the 80s, though. It didn't seem like as many modern times, mm-hmm. but maybe have it do some kind of other uh, You no, could have her haunted
1: out. by what she thinks is the image of herself, like the ugly thing that she thinks she is, mm-hmm. instead of a lotion monster, like I, I just,
0: so there's a if you, you got, Ethan knows what Crypt TV is, do you know what Crypt TV is, uh, Otis? Nope, no idea. So it's a youtube channel essentially i think it's blumhouse they dumped a bunch of money into making these really high quality uh shorts on their youtube channel to try to help get the younger generation to yeah they do a lot of really well done stuff on there and they have yeah. one episode in particular that's very similar to this um i can't remember the exact name of it but the whole concept is that you have it's, well the, it's not exactly directing, right thing but you have this woman who's in this apartment with her boyfriend or whatever else and in the mirror she sees this version of herself uh, that's like an evil twisted version of herself and she's kind of haunted by that in a little bit and then it kind of ends with that version like swapping places with her and trapping her in the mirror and then the monster goes and kills her boyfriend etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, i think they would have been story that would have been something to do similar to that in which you could have like this version of her kind of talking to her almost like uh with homelander from that one part of the series the boys where he has this different alternate personality talking to him in a sense yeah. Um. And then maybe switch it. That would have been a, a better way. I feel like to handle that. Even if you wanted to keep it in that modern times, you have that link with the mirror. Um. Yeah. I, I get the metaphor they were going for there. I just think that episode wasn't executed as best it could have been. And you have a no. lot of examples.
2: No. I, I think that's the overall takeaway. Is that the execution of these ideas is a little sloppy. It's a little faulty. It's mm. not. I mean, it's it, on, on paper. It's like I have a cool premise. Cool. Can you make it work? I don't know. So, so it, that's kind of the idea. It's uh, the executions are a bit wonky. I the, the mm-hmm. idea of a, of a grave robber <laughs> that that one. See, go. Go, ahead.
1: go.
2: ahead. All I was to say was the premise is interesting. The idea that he's desperate for money, so he's robbing graves, robbing the you know the gold fillings and shit in graves, but he keeps getting robbed himself by rats. It's like that's a different story as opposed to other mm-hmm. people. He's fighting he's rats. Where's this going to go? And when is it happening? It's like, oh, that's a little, huh? So, so it's again on paper, yes, but yeah.
1: What was his plan possibly, right? Going into a tunnel of rats that are shrunk to carry off a, a whole human body, right? What was he thinking he was going to do? He's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to somehow one arm crawl this whole body with all these rules back. And these rats are going to eat because, because.
0: He wasn't thinking, he was desperate. That part I get, as far as him just going in there with that head first, because he yeah. thought about it like he had that whole cut scene to buddy putting him in a coffin. Mm-hmm. At that point, when you have no other options, you kind of have no choice because either you do this and you possibly die, or you don't do it and you definitely die. Right. That part him. I understand.
1: Just skip town.
0: He's not getting away. He's not, he's like,
1: like 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 18 to they don't have any choice of tracking you to a different city. They do. But I think part also part. it's kind of again,
2: they see you <laughs> anywhere. So sometimes it's easy for us to say, "Why don't you skip town?" Think about in your own life right now, Otis East. You're a grown ass man with a nice haircut. If you had to like leave town right now today, could you just pick up everything you have in this drive? Would you be successful? Would you have? Would you be cool having none yeah. of your uh, uh your any of your furniture, none of your home? Would you have enough I'm money sure to set up anywhere else?
0: You got to completely change what you do because you're completely online. You, you got to do something completely different. Get new, you're a new, a new I'm idea.
1: Here. <laughs> I'm here. Like huh? I spent my whole life in one place. And then, almost on a whim, went to another place, and I'm good, right? Like,
2: but you did have your your lady, your gal that was there. You get to keep your personality, your ID, your dad. Like, I mean, when people skip you a town,
0: system.
2: you have a support system that still people still love you. What is do it? 1800s. I I don't know. I don't know. No, Maybe I mean, not. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't have done it. I'm not saying he could have done it, but clearly he didn't want to do it. Maybe he should have, but he didn't want to. I guess that's part of what.
1: He didn't want to live. Clearly. The,
2: the way I understood it was that he was in debt with
0: some large crime syndicate and something that big. I doubt there's anywhere you could go the way you're escaping them.
2: Yeah, they find you eventually. So may, you, maybe he could he could run for a while. Choose to but...
1: go chase rats or in die. A tunnel.
2: Yes, or die. I mean, that, die or die.
1: Oh, yes. die or I'm die die gonna choose to possibly, the possibly the die one that's outside and die. not in a tunnel. Like, right? Like, who, you think you're gonna you you truly think that you have a better chance of survival? In a tunnel with a giant uh, blood-borne-sized rat. And a, <laughs> he didn't know that a crawling he, zombie. He didn't know that. He knew that there, there was hundreds of rats. He didn't, he didn't,
2: knew well, he didn't know there were hundreds strong oh, enough he, to
1: drag drag a uh, human body down a tunnel.
2: Fair. He knew there was probably more than he yeah, should have been. Dig through
1: wood at that because there was a whole coffin that they had to go
2: through to get that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Like, oh, but but, but, but I again, need
1: to go get that,
2: ooh, it ooh, is. It's like stupid? He is stupid. Here's the. I'm not. I am not Team Grave Digger, or grave robber. I'm not. I'm not squad, i the not on the side. But again, the relatability. I know we've all know what it's like to be insanely desperate for something, and also, we also all know what it's like to be broke as shit. Uh, so if you're like, "Yo, man, I need to get this money now," you would do some crazy shit for that. I I, I feel you there. Mm-hmm. It is wild to go grave robbing and to go hunting down into a extremely claustrophobic tunnel after a bunch of uh, after a dead body where a whole bunch of rats have claimed it as theirs first. But I see where my boy was. Also, there's the whole privilege, the audience privilege. We know we're watching a horror, horror horror-esque story. The people in the story don't know that. As far as he knows, it's just a regular world with regular acts. He finds out later on it's a horror scenario. So, yeah, it's looking with hindsight... Of course, he's insanely stupid. What the, hell, what, the wrong, what the hell's wrong with him? But from like his perspective, he was desperate and there was opportunity. He's already
0: stupid to get into this scenario he's in, in, in general, to get in debt with the crime family. We know that. We know he's not beyond doing stupid shit because he yeah. got into the situation anyway. Yeah. But to finish my thought in general, what I was saying in regards to that plot for the episode specifically, I thought they lost focus. If you wanted to have the rats be the center point and the centerpiece of that episode, do that, make the big rat the thing. When I think they kind of lost track of what they were doing is when... They kind of, he mentioned the black churches like once in passing to the guy. And then they made that a big part of the story at some point and then made like a zombie thing happen. I'm like, how did that pray tell play into the rat scenario? Cause you like did the rats, it finished with the rats. And then you kind of like stopped it for a second to do something else, which didn't have an effect on the final thing, or it didn't like mesh together.
2: Right. At all. Agree. Yeah. It. it was. Again. It's. It's sloppy. It is. Yeah. That one
0: to me is probably one of the older stories that they probably adapted because it feels like that there's some context they're missing that the film director or whoever wrote the script didn't follow. Because what I will say about a lot of these stories that they're basing stuff out of, I feel like the they're outdated in regards to uh, horror. In that, well, I don't even know if they were meant to be horror at that point in time. I think they were just writing what was dark in their head. There was, I don't think there was a horror genre per se. It right. was just, this is what's in my head, I'm putting it on paper. Right. Uh, so a lot of the things that we know today in horror regards to some people study, like literally there are some directors that study psychology and what makes people jump and what makes people tense up and they'll like put that certain note in music or they'll have certain scenes to purposely get you somewhere versus back in the day, I'm just writing what's in my head and some people found it scary, because the standards of horror, what was scary back then, was a lot higher or well, a lot lower than what it is now. Because now right, we see yeah. everything under the sun to have all kinds of high expectations. Back then, a uh, regular ghost with a white sheet is probably terrifying to them back then, because they sure. couldn't even think of a nightmare in Elm Street or a zombie movie or any of this other stuff. So I think that's where the outdated form kind of come in came into and i don't think they took enough liberties to adapt that story to modern day standards
2: right no i, I agree i agree and this is this probably be my, the last thing i'll stay on this to kind of put the nail on the coffin for all of us in a sense like you just said dev the, the standards are very different then. remember one of the single scariest movies to exist back in the day was a very short video of a, a movie of a train coming at the audience and the entire audience leapt out of their seats in terror uh, it's just to mm-hmm. show like how different the mindsets are. Um, if you sh- if you took any of these videos that we saw in the Cabinet Curiosities and showed them to somebody in the fucking 1800s, you better it's believe true. they would lose their goddamn minds immediately. So, mm-hmm. um, you guys yeah, I mean, you-
0: go ahead, go ahead. My it,
1: bad. Yeah. So the standard of four has uh, obviously raised since then, but like this movie wasn't this, this anthology series wasn't made back then. It came right. out. Mm-hmm. this year yeah right we you had these hundreds things. of thousands of dollars left behind it
2: mm-hmm. if not
1: a mm-hmm. so million, have million. Behind mm-hmm. it. um and they, they they've had the like they've had several hundred different examples of uh content from and they mm-hmm. chose to make what they did yeah and it was mm-hmm. shit. And you, yeah. no
2: you're not, you're not wrong brother you ain't <laughs> You ain't wrong. We're, we're not. It's not that we're saying, oh, this is actually how, how dare you. It's more or less we're saying, like, yeah, we can see what they're kind of trying to
0: do in a way. If you had to pick one that you think was done the best, which one would you say?
1: The one that was done the best. Uh have to. If I uh, Don't I see your head. Doing, uh the Ron Weasley with, with with him getting, you know. I guess cursed and turned into a red. I guess that that made some sense. I guess. Um, I just like, what about
0: what about that though? Like, give me give me some details. Don't just braze over like, what did you enjoy about it specifically?
1: I didn't at all. Like, I didn't enjoy anything about any of this. I just uh, it was that's the most recognizable actor, so I guess I've I, I tuned into it the most. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't like this at all. I didn't like the tone. I didn't like the settings of it. I didn't like, like, there is there wasn't enough psychological trauma on the characters. I felt like there was just no build up, setups, or payoffs in this entire series. And I I can't really nitpick at things that I enjoyed less because I didn't enjoy any of it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: this was this was a waste of time to me.
0: Ethan, what did you depict? My favorite one.
2: It was definitely that I've seen out of four. It would be the autopsy with a. Mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham and, and Glenn because uh, they're, they're two really good actors I actually liked, liked for years. Right. Um, and I it, I thought it was interesting how F. Murray Abraham's character, I can't remember his character's name in the actual vignette, but he basically it was an alien who's pontificating like he had done everything great. He's, he's monologue and he was the greatest thing imaginable. And F. Murray Abraham, very early on, figured out a solution to deal with him. It was fun to watch mm-hmm. him, a man who basically couldn't who was strapped down had no way to fight back had outsmart him essentially
0: that one i think was done uh really well i enjoyed that uh episode in particular like you said for the main reason of it turned everything on his head obviously you have this all-powerful alien that you think he's just going to run through shit because you saw multiple instances in which he killed other people with ease it seemed like and then even when he's uh, got Buddy on the table and he's breaking down and giving him all this information. He's he's doing what villains do in stereotypical hero things where you feel like you're going to win. So like, why not? I'll tell you because you're not going to live long enough to see it anyway. i will exactly. tell you what's going on.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, and He just gets that, he gets overzealous and overconfident about things. Um, yeah. And then I love that it ended in a very logical way of the guy's like, oh, you told me everything about you. So now I already had this thing going on in regards to how to beat you and how to pray, like have your weaknesses be preyed upon. And like the fact of him having the recording going while that whole conversation is going on. And then once yeah. the actual monster is or the aliens within him and you see him cut his neck and do all the other crazy shit, I'm like, damn, that was right. done really was, well done.
1: That was so extra though. Like, why does he need to stab both eyes, cut his throat, stab both eat like
0: because he's getting rid of all his senses. The alien has alone has no senses alone. So if he gets rid of his eyes and his ears, the alien can't see or hear anything. He already
1: split his throat. He was already going to die.
0: Yeah. No, with his friend that he was saying that when your friend gets here, I'll find him somehow and get him. But if he can't see yeah. and you can not hear, he yeah. can't get to his friend. All his friend sees is the fucking him dying, essentially. You won't just run up to him overzealously trying to help his friend or just talk to him in general.
2: Because I, I partly he didn't know how long he actually had. He a he didn't know exactly when his friend was going to get there, and b he didn't know mm-hmm. how long this alien was going to be able to survive. However, mm-hmm. if he blinded him and basically made him deaf, he it didn't matter how long it took. He was when how long he was going to survive. He was he was done, he was trapped. He was always mm-hmm. trapped, eternally trapped. That, was my that point one point
0: to point. me, I don't I can't think of too many plot holes or just things that were done wrong on that one. Like I don't really have too many critiques about that episode uh, in particular. Maybe well maybe, maybe the pacing. I felt like it took a little too long to get to the pacing. ending. Yeah, but it was besides, that, shit. besides that, I, I think it paid off at the ending for what they were doing with that one. I, I think
2: that's partly what it is, is that all of these were an hour long, roughly. They all should have been mm-hmm. maybe a half hour or so.
0: Right. If I mean, right, if right, you go right. back to
2: Tales from the Crypt, those are all half hour uh, uh, specials.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: maybe that's one thing. If, if they were all slower, I'm sorry, all shorter, uh, but that pace, it could have been made things a lot stronger. But did Del Toro direct every episode? I don't know if he directed any of them. Yeah, I think he more so
0: a and r this shit instead of curated it. I don't think Because all these had a different feel to them. Yeah, he produced these joints. Yeah. Which, hey, I'm not mad at it. I know this wasn't for us. I I will say it's not I don't think these are objectively horrible. I don't I don't think so at all. I think it comes into what your taste is. is I think this is like a subgenre of people that enjoy this type of content uh, a lot. I enjoyed some of these from just me reading a lot of uh, short stories in school and on my own, like seeing a lot of these, I think, again, like I said, I think the pacing was done poorly for a lot of them. And I think there are things that could have been done better. But I think that was more so having to do with the outdated uh, ways that they told these stories and to their own detriment, I think the directors tried to stay true to these stories too much and didn't take as as many creative liberties that I would as I would have liked in general. But I think I think this is for somebody. It's not for us. But I think somebody will enjoy it. I don't know if it'll be enough to save the series to have it come back and try again. It is what it is. But I, y'all I, want to go ahead and get to the rating of it?
2: Sure.
1: I mean, uh, <laughs>
2: I, I want always to go first. We already know it's going to be
1: Yeah, it. it's a shoe. Come on, bro. <laughs> give, us, give us the rating. Come, come, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, two shoes. Two okay. That's, two left shoes. Two out of well, ten shoes. Two two, two, left, two left shoes. Left two two left shoes
2: mm. I' I'm, I'm gonna Again, go like
1: this is this is just content that I don't enjoy like uh, uh I, I need my stories to be concrete. I need my stories to have some weight to them I I, I need them to feel like man like this is a horrible situation that I just would never end this I will be terrified or I will be this I will be something like make me feel something besides annoyed.
2: Uh, So (laughs) I respect my brother's uh, Mm. critique and his his shoe review. It's a classic shoe review. (laughs) I'm gonna give it some socks, some clean, old-fashioned socks. I would give this. I give it five socks out of ten. It's they're not good necessarily. They are not good. I can't say they're good. It kind of reminds me of Black Adam. It's like I can't say it's good, but at the same time, there are enough things in it that I enjoy that I don't regret watching it for the most part. I haven't seen all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I've seen a lot of other, I've seen a lot of worse things too. And there's, there are some things in there that are enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so. I can say the, the film quality is there. The, the acting quality is there. And again, some of the dialogue is there too. That is not enough to make these relevant to me.
2: Fair. I mean, then that's, yes, that's the point. It's mid, It's the definition of mid then. For mm-hmm. me. So five, five, five socks out of 10 socks. Clean socks. Clean socks.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'd say i give it a five as well. I think it was very... Like again, for lack of a better term, say it was mid. I watched them. I didn't hate that I wasted that I spent my time watching them. I think I, I got through them. I didn't enjoy them the most. But again, it's the definition of mediocre. I watched it, it was eh, it was whatever it was. Um, but again, everybody just note that it's our perspectives, three guys. Um, you may enjoy this for people that enjoy the short story medium or the kind of vibe of an Edgar Allan Poe or HP Lovecraft type story. This may be for you, it's not for us. Um, again, we kind of have different types of horror that we're into. I think me a lot more than the other two. Otis obviously isn't a huge fan of the genre, of the genre in general, which we'll get into some of his favorites in a minute where we get into the blurred down. But, um, yeah. I Again, I think things like this, we've talked about it in the smile review, me and Ethan did. I think things like this are needed in a horror just to let people throw shit at a wall to see what sticks. And maybe we'll stumble onto our next major thing. Again, I... I think I compared it to superhero movies in general. We had so many bad superhero movies in the early 2000s or even before that, um, in the 90s as well, or even before that probably. And I think mm-hmm. people getting to just make bad things, somebody was able to find a formula or find something that was great. And then we got the decade-long reign of the MCU, which people loved horror movies more than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and eighty, and with the horror, I think we had that to one extent, like the 80s where horror was just on top and horror was like, like Freddy Krueger and Jason weren't just horror people. They were like icons in pop culture where everybody loved them. They were in toys. They were everywhere. Even to this day, people don't even watch the movies as much or even love the Lord, but they know Freddy and Jason. They want to dress up like Freddy and Jason. Sure. Um, sure. Which I think maybe we'll have another renaissance uh, when it comes, which I think we're in the middle of. I think we have some directors like Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, um, uh, I can't remember other buddy's name, but we have directors now that are trying new things and their own spin on horror. And I think that's starting to make horror more relevant again. Jordan Peele, probably the biggest name out of the bunch, but those guys are probably the biggest three directors I can think of that are really killing it in horror right now.
2: Right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. What's that dude? The dude who made the, the Evil Dead remake, the newest Evil Dead one, what was his um, name? Because he's he's the only one that's also doing some stuff out there. I, it was um, like, I mean, Robert Rodriguez is kind of past his prime, but yeah, he did a bunch of stuff trying to do some different things. But yeah, uh yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, and that does segue nicely into our pretty much into the next uh you know topic. Yeah. Let's go ahead and roll the clip. Oh, <laughs> okay. it's time for the blur down
0: Ooh, that was gross.
2: Ugh. That was the censored one. That wasn't uh. gross. That was that was censored. There was no grossness there.
0: Oh, man. Uh, guys, we're back with the blur down. So if you guys don't know how this works, essentially, it's a traditional countdown list. But from Black Nerds, we're giving our top five things out of whatever category it is. Today, it is horror movies um, and which top five we feel like we enjoy. Again, for me, my list changes, fluctuates a lot. Some movies will kind of come into favor with me more than others sometimes. But I think as of now, when I made this list, these were my five that I uh, enjoyed the most at, at this moment in time. I don't know about the other guys, but these are like pretty solidified in your top fives or if there's, if there were shifts at all.
2: No, these are, these are pretty much it. This, these are more or less the ones that I will revisit the most, the ones that had the biggest impact on me. The ones that, ones that, uh, you know, I think are deserve some shine,
1: you know, Mhm.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. These have been
1: my top 4 favorite. Uh I had to slide one in because uh it my top movie of all time got snatched by both of you guys. I didn't want, I had to be different.
2: <laughs> haircut but, man. All right. Well, you can go first haircut man. Yeah,
0: you're number 5. Lauren. let me get uh, right a right.
1: Yep. Uh my number 5 is uh The Conjuring. Um, that's a uh, one of the few movies of that series that I actually enjoyed. The first two were pretty solid. Uh the the whole clap clap scene, like the the whole concept never registered to me in trying to do something like that in horror. So when they did that, it was just it was it was original and, and I, I really enjoyed it. The uh, really great horror movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was an honorable mention on my list too because one of the the best things about that movie is something that is pointed out to me after the film. Uh, I saw it like on a list or something like that. it's like uh, you realize that no one actually dies in this movie and it's still actually very scary. Like it's
1: a it's scary, scary movie without anybody dying. How do you pull that
2: off? Right. Yeah. It's, it, they managed to make it work really, really well. And they have the whole. It's a trope, of course, of a haunted house. But uh, I, I love for some reason I just love movies where they have experts, so when people that are brought in to deal with these monsters, because if you feel bizarrely like you're almost safe with these people around, like they know what they're doing you know, so, but it's still, it, it doesn't take away from the scares at the same time. So, yeah, Target's great.
0: Right. Uh, same thing with me on that series in general. I really, well, not series. Well, yes. It was a series. Uh, the second one's eh, kind of lost a little bit of touch on me, but that first one for sure, they did an amazing job of uh setting atmosphere. I think atmosphere core is probably like, probably like, I think that movie was one of the first ones to kind of usher in that new era of like atmosphere core that we're getting now think everything now is kind of in that same vein of where it's trying at least the good stuff is trying to build atmosphere um and that movie did it really well the jump scares didn't feel cheap um obviously you gotta have the jump scares in horror it's kind of a staple point i think that's a trope that i think should be in every horror movie to some extent but make sure they're not feeling cheap and you just throw them in and throw them in there i think they, they were they were built up and they paid off and it didn't feel like i was just cheated cough cough smile um yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think or, yeah. I think uh Charlie despises smile as much as Otis despises Kevin I, I really
0: don't. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the movie. I just I was disappointed at what the potential was and how lazy things were for that one. But I, I enjoyed it. I did. I watched it by myself. I enjoyed that one. But it could have been better.
2: Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, is it am I going next? Or you go going next, Brody. You're going next. You're five. Going next? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. so my number five, uh, as I mentioned before, my honorable mention was The Conjuring, but my number five is actually Poltergeist. Uh, this is the original Poltergeist from uh, what year was it? 1980 something, the one that Steven Spielberg was involved with. Yeah. Um, so that's 684, something like that. Eighty-six, eighty-four. Okay. Uh with Craig T. Nelson running around there. That horror film um with the uh, little Marianne putting her hand on the screen and then, and then you see the static shock and everything. I'll tell yeah. you
1: that family is so much braver than me. I am like you in the TV? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll make yeah. another one. You're gonna make another one. <laughs> like, like, wow. another child?
2: God damn. Wow. That, that's a, it's <laughs> in the TV.
0: Stop.
2: That is savage though. That's like <laughs> but still. I can't, I mean, I'll be honest, if anything like, happened, I, I can't imagine my mom or dad ever leaving me, regardless of what else is going to i be like, no, fuck it, we're still, still, still going to find a way to get this kid back from the uh, the netherworld or what have you. Oh, yeah, I'm um, getting my kid back. Fuck and that's what made the movie so much fun, is there was a family, again, a haunted house essentially, but a family versus the supernatural. And it's fun because at first the movie approaches it where the family is fascinated and bewildered and enchanted by this supernatural phenomenon in their house they're using to slide chairs across things the kids are, are enjoying it and floating objects and the special effects again I saw this movie years ago right near when it first came out and I was like yo these special effects are legit and I saw the movie recently I was like yo <laughs> these special effects are still legit mm-hmm. uh, it, it holds up really well again a movie with no actual body count no one actually dies in this movie granted deaths in the past affect this movie spoiler mm-hmm. alert the, the uh they, they they didn't they didn't move the bodies, they just moved the headstones, the house is buried on a uh on a cemetery. But uh yeah, I, I loved it. I think it's of, it's good times, man. Good times. All right. Uh
0: yeah, I've watched it a long time ago with my granddad. I can't really remember it too well. Probably gotta watch it again as an adult to have more of a thought process on it. Remember it being all right though.
2: Yeah.
0: It was cool. Yeah. Um getting into my number five, this is a movie that you guys may or may not have seen i think this is like an era of probably when you guys were too old to even care about this kind of stuff but the scary godmother um i don't know if oh, anyone I remember yeah scary god this is like one of those movies that came that was it was literally a movie that popped in and out every single year for halloween and for me being a kid i always look forward to watching this movie uh, i think there's one or two more i know there's a second one for sure there may be a third one i can't remember off the top of my head but it's 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 more of a it's a halloween more of a halloween movie than a horror movie for me sure, sure. um because yeah, it was fun it was spooky the music was done really well for it and it's kind of like um almost like winnie the pooh and the never-ending story in the sense of where they built this world and as a kid you can't wait to go back to this world because you just explored it and it was so dope beforehand and like and the returning characters you had had uh, a relationship built up with those characters now it was, it was done pretty well. I, I'd like to see another one of these done at some point, maybe. Um, The C, like because of being like I think a CGI style animation show.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. It what was year really was it, well. that, looking at that? Looking at that CGI just there. What year was this like? Oh 20 man, 20, this this 20 had to, this was mid two thousands probably. So like probably. oh five. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that so CGI like, was still experimental. That was PS one CGI.
0: hmm
2: And it was so, done pretty yeah. well.
0: That show did it pretty well. Oh um, yeah.
2: Uh, and not yeah. not to not to tangent too much, but you mentioned mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh and Neverending Story. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember Neverending Story? I bring it up all the time. The mm-hmm. uh, the Gamork, the wolf, the giant beastly wolf thing. Mm-hmm. That is a moment in a all around more or less kids movie. That thing is just like it ended up itself horrifying, just absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely horrifying. So if you could please put into your brains now, try to think of some a moment in a movie that just sticks with you, regardless of it's horror or not, but just something that's just like a moment that's just. Still to this day, you remember it's being kind of just it just alarmed you. Yeah, yeah. The lawnmower
1: scene, sinister. You can never forget that, you
2: can never forget that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's we're we'll gonna get, we'll get, we'll get to that in a bit, though. We we'll get to that in a bit, yeah. You have one,
0: Deb? Yeah. probably. I'm gonna talk about it. In, it's on my list, I'll, I'll okay. get into that, yeah. yeah okay, I'll, like I'll say that like for it. then. Like but it. yeah, moves movie's dope. I enjoyed it. Love, I gotta, I gotta look up to see what the voice actors were for because I feel like there were some pretty well known voice actors, but I could be wrong. This is Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cartoon it Network, special. it was a special they ran every year. Yeah. It was like this one, and there's another one, like a werewolf one, I think, or some. Of, they had a, Cartoon Network had a couple like Halloween movies that they ran every year that were really good. I felt like that was a, again you're yeah. in the golden age era, I feel like, of cartoons and Cartoon Network.
2: Well, then they also had the ones where it started getting into like the brands where it was like Billy and Mandy had their specials, Courage of mm-hmm. the Cowardly Dog had his special, even though these are horror shows for the most part, they had horror specials too.
0: So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Otis, you're number four, sir.
1: Uh, i going get to my number four. uh, He's going into one of my all time favorite zombie movies, and that's uh, 28 Days Later. Uh, Is that Silly Murphy? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, Scarecrow. All right, go ahead. My
1: yeah, mean, go yeah. ahead. I didn't mean, a good job. Yeah, uh, I actually did not realize that was him until you just said that.
2: Oh I my this. God. Off, I, I
1: did not realize that was him. Silly Murphy yeah. got it, bro.
2: He got it. Yeah. And I, I think before we get torn apart, it, it's oftentimes pronounced Killian Murphy too. Killian, so oh my bad. Cover, I mean, it could be silly and Killian, but cover Excuse our bases, me. cover our bases. Probably it probably is Killian.
0: I don't. know. He may be Irish. I don't know his background. He's, he's definitely Irish. He's, Irish. he's extremely, yeah. he's extremely
2: Irish. He's more yeah. Irish than I am. My name's so. Ethan Murphy, but yeah.
1: It's probably Killian then. My bad. Go ahead. But no. Um. Uh. It. It was an interesting take on zombies because it's not like you know your your old slow. I eat brain zombies. These zombies were were terrifying. These are gonna run faster than you and hunt you down until until they run out of stamina, which they don't. So uh I brought a different element of horror to it. Um the characters that they they show the way they, you know, the interesting way that you can turn into a zombie because it's not just that regular bites or scratches, you know, you get a drop of blood on you.
2: <laughs> a drop you know, of that's, blood. That's, that's
1: one of the uh, best scenes in the movie. The uh, guy is, is taking him out to the, the military base, looks up at the wrong time, and a drop of blood gets to his eye, and he zombifies like that. So He,
2: he realizes the best part about it, too, is that he knows it's going to happen. He's like, no, get away. It's, it's going to happen. And it's not one thing I appreciate it more so than the Romero versions. Oftentimes, in Romero versions, you have a good amount of time to deal with mm-hmm. gonna turn to the that you're going to turn into a zombie. You get bit. It's like, oh, no, I'm bit. I only have 24 hours to get my shit into order. It's like, no. But this is like, yo, man, you, this is going to happen in five, maybe, maybe six seconds. Deal with it right now. Uh, and, the, and our boy Brendan Gleeson, as that drama blade hits him, he realizes, like, no, get away from him. his daughter's like, dad. And he's like, no, get away from me. I'm gone. Say goodbye to me. This is over. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Uh, so, yeah.
0: I haven't uh, seen like, it. I always thought it was funny, like, knowing Otis and how he is about horror. I always found it really funny that, like, he loves zombie movies like that is like y'all like it is one of the things that i always see you like in your shit even your top five list there's like three zombie movies i think like three yeah like literally three of them um i always thought that was funny that being like one of the most traditional horror tropes that i feel like have been done so many times that for that to be Mm -hmm. one of your favorites that's that's funny to me i always thought that was funny yeah
1: yeah most of those are terrible too though uh (laughs) uh, there's like five good zombie movies and three of them are my list so i had to go with them yeah
2: yeah uh, I, I'm also I'm in the camp, though, that I, I do like 28 Days Later, but I um, there's a part, there's a large swath of the movie where you don't really deal with the zombies that much. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually enjoy 28 Weeks Later a little bit more. It's it, Jimmy Renner? Oh, yeah. Jimmy and that was, my, that was my introduction to Jimmy Renner also. It's his... Same. Uh, um, there's, a, there's a part where, this isn't a spoiler dev, don't worry, but there's a part where he's talking to Rose Byrne, and he's like, no matter what happens, they have to survive. You feel me? And she's like, yeah. And so it's kind of like, we're expendable. Our mm-hmm. the people, our mission is not, and, and and it's it pays off really well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: for me, my number four, uh, is The Conjuring as well, but I'm probably gonna go back to giving focus on the second one. I think the second one was the better one out of the two. Uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I do. So I did The
1: second one fell I, off like five yeah, minutes ago. Oh, can't Say that.
0: Yeah. yeah. It fell off. Yeah. But I think it was better than the two. No, was that about, hold on, No. What I was, talking, what was I talking about earlier was it The Conjuring.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a conjuring. It was because yeah, I, I, I just said it. Yeah, I think second I think yeah, you might need to see it. see it. It. Our
2: boy's a little hungover from last night. He's partying. He's a young man. I'm still He's young man. I, Yeah, even then. I, I
0: think there are some things that the first one did better, but I still think the second one was the better one to me in regards to, one, the spirits and the demons that were introduced. I think Valak was, at the time, at the time, was the scariest one up until the nun came out, and then that was that was corrected but they did it really well in that one um the old man in that chair like the way they had him and that little girl um like when when they that interview scene that's one of the things it's not the one I'll the thing i remember from not like getting into my list but one of the things i will remember is in which they're interviewing that old man and uh what's the buddy's name uh the, the husband of the two i can't remember his name Oh uh, Warren, not Armiga, but Warner Warren.
2: Ed, Ed, is Ed, is Ed. It's Ed Warren. Ed yeah. Warren. Uh, when he's
0: interviewing the old man or interviewing the little girl, and he has his back turned, you see, you hear the girl's voice change, obviously, but then in the, like mm-hmm. subtly in the background, you see her form change to the old man's form. And I think that was just subtly done, and it was done really well. Um, even like the reveal at the end, showing that Valak was the mastermind behind that. Everything about that movie was done the best to me. Now, I think there mm-hmm. are some things as far as like the atmosphere. I, I think they got a little too friendly with jump scares. At some parts, like I think the kitchen thing where the daughter disappeared into the kitchen and was throwing chairs and knives and shit, I could have done without that scene. Uh, and there are a handful of ones like that. I think they could have done without. But overall, I think the demons in that one and uh, the plot was written a lot better than that original one to me personally.
2: Well, it has a lot know. more lore. It's a lot more lore, especially That's pertaining good. to the yeah. Warrens, than the first one. The first one they just kind of show up like, "This is our job. We're, we're the Ghostbusters. Uh, mm-hmm. Light them up," kind of a thing. But this one it deals with their actual their history a bit more, especially Elaine's uh, history. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, they effectively set up like a whole universe of, of horror within that movie. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely some, uh, some quality things about that. That's no question man. for
2: sure. Yeah. Who, who was that dude? There's a, like, a skinny man where there's a little toy they play the crooked with. Cricket man. Cricket man. Cricket man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which he's
0: supposed to get his own movie they announced that a while back but i think yeah. after they released like two trash ones without james Wan. which side note this motherfucker james Wan, needs to finish some stuff i'm so tired of him starting up a franchise and leaving it and then it getting terrible he did it with Saul. he did it with the conjuring i'm pr- i don't even know if he's directing aquaman again i don't know if that's going I on know, again but but he will start a franchise and the first movie or two will be great and then he'll leave and because the first two did so well Studios have well, they don't have to, but they feel like they have to continue it.
1: It's always trash. I hate. Or, or it. they could just like not continue it. Damn, yeah, to his to his
2: else. to his credit, I don't think he ever signed on to do franchises. He's like, yo, I signed on to do a movie or two. Man, I'm I'm good. But it movies. don't set up a whole universe in your second movie. Well, like you said, the Saw. I don't know that Saw is not Saw. I mean, The Conjuring.
0: Movie. I mean, well, Saw he for sure set up whole not really because jigsaw died
2: spoiler he died he's dead by the second movie. yeah
0: true yeah uh
2: and then the the, the conjuring is more or less it could be i mean it's it's hard hard can always be a franchise but his Mm -hmm. job but he was signed on to do that first one so i i I see what you're saying you want him to do more because he makes things better but don't forget you know sometimes malignant happens
1: oh yeah we get one of those
0: but i think i think at that point i think every director is going to have a bomb out of a Couple good ones. Just of course, hit.
2: No, I mean, um, we, we digress. We gotta move on because we, <laughs> we got things yeah. to
0: do. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, going into number threes, Otis, your number three.
2: Wait, did I did I do my number? Oh, four? you didn't go. You number four. You Wait, I oh, don't three. think yeah. I, I, I thought I used to say my five. Go ahead. My bad. Go, <laughs> we we go, were, <laughs> but we skipped over me. I don't care. We're it's before. fine. Uh, but my but my number four uh four is um is just it follows. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if y'all have seen this one. It's a I don't know fairly recent one. But, yeah. um, it, okay, yeah, I know Dev, you had we talked about before comparison. Mm-hmm. This the smile, Otis, mm-hmm. have you seen this one yet? It follows, nope, you I like this one. I think, I think you might like this one, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it came about as far as when they're doing that kind of the indie, like that A24 Blumhouse era of new kind of horror doing different types of things, where the, the it's a very low budget movie that uses every penny very, very well. And the actors they hired know how to do their job. The premise is basically <laughs> STD has gone horribly wrong. Uh, to the ninth degree, if you hook up with somebody, that oh, has seen
1: it. yeah, you have sex with somebody, then the thing comes after you, so you have sex with somebody else, and then it's going to be following you. Yeah, I've seen, right? That. Yeah, I didn't like it.
2: It was uh, okay. That's that's all right. That's all this that's for you. But the mm-hmm. thing about it is, what, what I what I like about the movie is that it is a simple premise and it's executed in an interesting mm-hmm. way. It has these the ideas. It's like, um, the, they set up from the very beginning where guy's like, look, I don't know what this is that's following me. I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't make any damn sense. And the movie never really tries to explain it away, use exposition to make it it make sense to you. It's like, no, this exists, deal with it, get over it. And I like how each time this thing that's following, this entity that's following the main character later on, it it looks like a different person every time, but always has like X's over its eyes and it looks bizarrely out of place. And oftentimes in the movie, she will be looking across an entire life. There's one part where she's looking across a courtyard at her school and as she's looking across it, it's a wide-angle shot from a distance, and we're just watching from her perspective, and we just see some, one person, weird-looking, kind of walking across it slowly, and and we, as she's trying to figure out, is that it? We are, too, and then sure enough it keeps walking towards her, and it's like, there's no, like, jump-scare music, there's no, like, violence playing all loud, it's like, no, the horror is there, whether you want it to be there or not, so it's it was just bizarrely well done in a unique way that I hadn't seen before in a horror film, and that's a lot of horror films.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a unique set of tension because, like, it, it, it wasn't like this uh, this monster, you know, chasing after you, just a crazy looking person constantly following you. So, I mean, I, I definitely Everybody. see the, uh, the fear there. It's definitely existing.
2: Yeah. I think it, it was a bit of a, a, a satire of the old school, like Jasons or Mike Myers, where they often—they're not running after people, the victims in the slasher films. Are just walking after them. This is the same idea. It's just, I'm always I'm always walking after you, wherever you go. I'm always walking after you. Type of thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, this your number three.
1: Uh, my number three is uh, also the reason why I think I'll probably never go to Alaska ever, and that's a uh, Thirty Days of. Um, that is a, a a vampire movie set in. Uh, December of Alaska, they did have thirty days of night, so there is no sun coming up for a whole month in the Vampire Story. So that was that was a fun one. It's, it wasn't necessarily scary. It was uh, it's more of an action thriller with just some jump scares in it. But mm-hmm. it's definitely one that I enjoyed quite a bit. And as a kid, man, it, it yeah, still still has me scared to go to Alaska today. Never gone.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's actually a good graphic novel too. They most of it, most of it's the same as in the graphic novel. Some differences here or there, but it's pretty good. Uh, the it was weird because one thing that kind of troubled me about that movie though back in the day was just like it feels like they're making these these vampires at times like zombies, which is probably why Otis likes it as well. They weren't like I, I had gotten used to zomb- the vampires being more intelligent, methodical. more mm-hmm. methodical, more deliberate. And these seem almost more feral, a lot more feral. That was the difference, but you know. Right. Right. Ethan, right, right. Uh, your number three? Right on. Uh, so, my number three is this is one we talked about before Sinister. Um, mm-hmm. Sinister is a, I, I don't know if we can call it a classic, but it's one that all three of us respect. I think it's a classic reasons.
0: at this point. I think the horror community kind of enjoys it unanimously.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Ooh, I'm you. glad to hear that. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that. I, the, what I like about it, I'll keep it short because I know we all have things to say about it, is just that the movie, again, doesn't rely on, on jump scares or music to, to enhance it. It's pretty much the actual tone of the movie is you're watching this old projector with Ethan Hawke in his attic of these movies, of essentially suicide films or snuff films in a, in a way, um, and you find out that all these murders that are happening on these films, of course, are being committed, smaller by, killed by kids in the families, and the way they're done is there's no there's no jump scares in it. It's like the, the image you're seeing. There's something weird about the graininess of film that just adds an extra layer of disturbingness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as you're watching these things, they as they unfold, it's like fuck, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And the the lawnmower scene, I'll let Otis get into that. But it's like I distinctly remember being in the theater and going yo, screaming yo, and the guy I was with patted me on their shoulder, like it's okay, it'll be all right. Cause I was like, I what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh But yeah, I'll let y'all y'all say your things.
0: Yeah, Otis, something you got the most to say about it?
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I, 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 just a little correction. Now there are a couple jump scares and sinister. Like there's one scene where you know Ethan is well uh, looking over his notes for a movie, and he has a picture of uh, the the baddie Bagul, it, on his computer, and that thing turns. And looks at him because it initially was looked to the side. That was a that was a it, great scene. You,
2: you will jump, but I don't think it has any music or it's sound to enhance it. Like, I mean it, it's I don't think it does, right? There's none of that.
1: But uh the and the, the that was another thing I want to call it, too. like the the music the music in that was was stellar at creating the scene. Like it was just like these these homes and and right. like atmospheric tantric music that
2: was just like it makes your skin crawl, like. But it wasn't the violin, like that, that kind of right. thing. It wasn't. it wasn't, was, that, yeah, it wasn't that. But they never did that. There, there are parts where literally, I remember a scene like Ari Aster style, where a guys like where Ethan Hawk's walking in the in the kitchen or something, and you just see the the, the guy, the, the uh, bagul or whatever, or bo- the boogeyman, like like there looking at him, watching him go. It's like, what mm. the hell are we? Do? It's like this is he's there. That that's even more horrifying than I did. He's just watching him casually.
0: Uh, There's one one I can remember with like the the box. I like, guess is, is it in the
1: attic or in the hallway? It mean, was in the mm-hmm. attic, attic. Yeah, and the that's, kids were up there watching it, and then yeah, that,
2: that, it that out of the
1: screen and it's right there in front of Ethan Hawke. Yeah. That was a
2: that that was a good that. Scene. what are we doing stop you're scaring me i'm getting yeah. i'm getting goosebumps thinking about this talking about this let's start. i remember
0: music being for that one in particular i think but i could be wrong i feel like it was for that one
2: mm-hmm. I, I i'll be honest with y'all <laughs> i haven't watched i've only watched it once because it did f me up so i and i i i have <laughs> a grown ass man i had problems sleeping uh and i told my parents like, i called my dad say yo man i had to watch this horror movie it scared me and so, of course, for the next week or so, my dad would call me to just give me harass me about it. He's like, hey, you sleeping all right? You doing all right? He's like, Boom. You suck. You a dick. But Damn, yeah. You and your
0: daddy's son, for real. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sick human being. When things leave an impression on me like that, I have to rewatch it. I've probably seen that movie probably like a 30 times total just what? to kind of break down some of the things that I really got from it and Every time I just like, man, like, right. Well, this is impressive. This is impressive. It's
2: impressive. It's impressive. Uh,
0: that was your number three. Wrong three. It's your three. Yeah, so it's my three. My number three was Hereditary. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I I think a lot of things were really well done. The imagery in it, the the foreshadowing was done. Like, I watched that, I watched it three times now, and I've watched different videos like of certain people. Finding foreshadowing or different things that I didn't even notice or think about initially of like how they were predicting the final scenes, how certain characters interacted. The acting was top fucking notch for this movie. Um, I cannot remember her name for the love of me. The ad the, the mom in Khalid, Khalid. Her, the way she conveyed pain and like sorrow. And there's a scene in which her daughter dies and she finds the body, but you don't see her physical reaction, you? you just hear her and her like crying and sobbing. You see her eventually, but like for you to be able to portray that of me just hearing you, and it wasn't just her Sean Simmel screaming at the top of her lungs to try to convey it. She did it in a really great way. Uh she showed out there. Mm -hmm. And to getting into my memorable moment came from this movie in particular in which one there's kind of two of them. One is when you see her in her son's room, like in a corner and they don't try to like a lot of horror movies don't try to like emphasize her being there. If you don't see her, you don't see her. And if you yeah. see her, it freaks you out because she's like Spider-Man posted up in the corner of the room and you yeah. see her run
2: off. And it's, the biggest is dead silent is... it's dead silent. There's no music accompaniment or, or fully. There's this dead silent. Yeah. Right. The biggest moment is when they're in the attic and she's using like a piano wire and right. sawing
0: her own head off. Yeah. Um, and there's because there's no music for it, all you just hear is the grinding of the wire on her skin and bone and the practical effects of that were done really well.
2: But for, for a while. So it's uh, it's not, it's not technically pre-lap sound. Hereditary. Huh?
1: Oh, hereditary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. It's not pre-lap sound. So it's not like it happens or it's several cuts or whatnot, but it's like, it is a while where the character is like walking towards the room, or walking towards the sound. And so you hear it for a long time, like what? Is, and so it builds a lot of tension and suspense in your brain. Like, what is that sound? What's happening? I know for a fact, that's not good news, but I don't know what it actually is. And when you get there, it's like, okay, so it's somehow worse than I thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sad.
0: Yeah. I learned from editing studies that that's a called a J-cut, essentially. When you hear sound from a different scene, that sound or word or text will lead you into the next scene. So they do that They do that very well in that movie.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Hereditary, is a, that's a fantastic pick. I, did, I should have put on my mm-hmm. list, I guess. Um, that's another one that I saw. <laughs> I saw it once with a friend of the show, Ari. Everyone loves Ari. And uh, we saw, and it was one of those few times, Ari always tries to be all hardcore and stone cold. One of the few times that she grabbed my arm in fear for like the half of the movie. Um, the meant the, that men- the, we had to move on, but there's a part where I have to praise the directing. that like you mentioned, Dev, The scene where an Old Girl passes away and her mom, they're dealing with the horror. The son goes into his room and lies down and just stays mm-hmm. there. I, I think he blinks maybe once or twice. And the he doesn't blink at just, all, bro. He doesn't blink, he may, at, he all. blink at all, okay. The camera just stays on his face as it goes from night into the morning, as he basically is showing that he didn't sleep an inch, didn't move an inch. He was just that that trauma because there is there are plenty of actual incidents of people having that severe of a trauma where they basically don't blink or anything. They just like I'm almost catatonic, but I'm still awake, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: No, I agree. Uh, Hereditary is another one that just did a great job at building up atmosphere like that movie, was just genuinely unsettling from start to finish. Uh, there was never uh, a moment where you just felt like, "Oh, this is okay." Like this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna end <laughs> where, the There's it was no basis, levity basis. there. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a really well done movie when it comes to just making, making you feel uncomfortable the entire
2: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to, of course, we be remiss if we didn't mention the Tony Collette scene where she that argument at the dinner table. Oh yeah, the most horrifying thing ever, and it's not even meant to be like actual horror of monsters. It's just a horrifying dinner scene. Uh, family drama man family drama
0: but yeah shout out to hereditary. I, I, I think ari has directed that i could yeah wrong. yeah that's his that's him, yeah. That's yeah yeah he he's hit that mid somewhere it's like his staple was that atmospheric core that he uh this is expertise that he does really well
2: yeah
0: um that was my number three yeah that was my number three so going oh, on so otis your number two
1: yeah uh going to number two this is one that I, uh we've seen when reviewed recently uh pray uh mm-hmm necessarily horror in the sense where it was terrifying but it was as well well set up movie like you know every everything that happened as the story progressed was set up earlier within the movie and it made sense by the end um i, I can't really think of too many negative things but uh, around it just because uh, besides the eh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tear it down we're doing good things about prey. Prey was a a very well done movie um and uh, the the action scenes were really well executed. Absolutely, the the the, the scene where you got the, the the predator versus the bear, you know, just Help the bear. I, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was literally thinking that, but it's just so many great moments within the movie, uh, and you, you kind of get to play on the misogyny of uh the, what you expect to happen. Oh, of course and uh very well excuse me very well excuse me will to to craig craig yes the 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 predator was misogynistic i don't understand how he would be a misogynist because like he doesn't know what male and female humans are yeah. he just got Ooh. to earth but like yeah <laughs> he, he attacked everyone but her so i'll give
2: you i think it's less about gender as it is about um size and threat
1: but I mean, I, he did he did attack a uh, a snake, her dog, you know, uh, a, a rabbit.
2: <laughs> but think about what I, that was happening though. This he sees them actually in action. Like for example, there's a part where it shows. I anybody mean, we gotta move on. We talk about this movie. I love them to pieces. But there's a part where it shows that the kind of the food chain, as it has like a, a spider and a mouse, and then the mm-hmm. snake. It sees all these creatures attacking somewhere. They all seem like they're attacking, and the snake at that point is like the top of that food chain. It seems like an actual predator. So it makes sense for him to attack it in some level. He sees a wolf later on chasing her bunny. It's a pre- it is a predator. When he first sees her, she's literally running from a bear. Then he sees her another time and she's being, she's trapped, uh, uh, captured by her, uh, you know, the other, uh, her tribe, and she's running again. So she's not, and then he, even when she gets her foot tra- stuck in a trap, she's always on the run from him. So he's like, You're not trying to hunt me at all. I don't know what your deal is, but we're good. And later on, when she does stand up to him for the first time, he said, like, oh, "Okay, now you want to now you trying to play with me? Let's dance." So I think it, there may be some misogyny and whatnot, but I think he just never saw it as a threat because she was never trying to attack him.
1: All right, I gotta get you on it too, but you know, yeah, dope
0: movie to me, best movie in the Predator franchise. I think it was the one that made the most sense done in the world. Shout out to Arnold, uh, offense. yeah, but I think it was done the best. Uh, going into our number, oh, that's yeah, that was my number. What was that number? There's otis the original
2: original, so so you're number two. yeah so my number two is the fly aka Brundo fly <laughs> ah, man, of course he chose the, the image he chose god damn god damn god damn uh the, let's, let's be honest the, the the fly is a movie you should never watch while you're eating anything popcorn mm-hmm. drinking sprite i don't care what it is don't put stuff in your mouth while you're watching that movie i made that mistake once i ordered a, a stuffed crust pizza and i was like why i i hated my life uh that movie is fantastic <laughs> Uh, I love Brundlefly. It is, that was the first Cronenberg movie I saw. Everyone knows Cronenberg now because I've worked with Morty, the whole Cronenberg mm-hmm. universe, and body horror. But that movie messed me up because I, I didn't exactly know what to expect. And have y'all seen it yet, The Fly?
1: I have not. I've so seen right. like
2: breaking down the effects on it, and, like how the practical effects were done. But I Yeah, watched. that's that's a clinic on how to do practical effects. But I'll put it this way, Deb. There's one scene that kind of lets you know what you're in for, ultimately. It's a part where Brundlefly, or Jeff Goldblum's character, after he gets into becoming what he is, decides to have an arm wrestling match with a dude who's twice his size. And as they're sitting there doing it, you know, De Bruno fly goes full Clark Kent on him and snaps his wrist. And the way it looks is like, yo, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't hold back as far as like, they showed you exactly what a, what a wrist looked like broken by a dude that's really strong. Uh, so I, and I, I remember, I remember eating my stuffed crust pizza. like, oh no, I wasted 20 bucks. Cause I can't finish this thing uh so yeah that one that would always always that movie will stay with me till the day i die uh,
0: mm, yeah i never watch i never eat and watch horror at all if i'm watching anything horror i know i'm not eating maybe popcorn at the max but I'm never eating food yeah uh number two my number two uh i guess i guess kind of it falls under the same category with scary godmother in which it's a halloween more than a horror uh that's coralline of course me. i love this movie um, I think a lot of people love it. It's, I feel like it's up there with like the Midnight Before Christmas movies like The, uh, the Grinch Nightmare in regards to like that Christmas. Halloween or that that movie that is synonymous with the holiday and that time of year. is done really well. Uh, as you guys know, I've been, been in choir for a good chunk of my life. So like the music, I, I normally don't like musicals and movies like that unless they're really well done. But I will forever have the musical number from this movie stuck in my head. I think I've seen it on the podcast probably multiple times at this point. Uh, it's it's dope. Everything's done really well. The the metaphors were done really well as far as like the buttons. The everything was done dope to me. I'm, it's, I'm, a, it's yeah. It's I'm a it's to a
2: book, it too. Isn't this a book, y'all? It's a book. Right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like I don't know that it's necessarily for kids, although it is animated and CGI, what have you. I don't, in stop motion, too. I don't know that it's necessarily for kids. It's a movie that kids can appreciate. <laughs> it's um, a kids,
1: movie. I remember the really
2: first kids, time maybe. I saw
0: this, I literally watched a Jeff Dunham special and then this right after the
1: fact.
2: So I'm like, <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah, that was funny. And it was like, wow, okay. It's like, okay. And that's the thing, like with this movie being in animation, it still found ways to be creepy and eerie at times. So I mean, mm-hmm. that just shows how well crafted the the script was. This is,
2: this is, a, good was, well, a, is a, a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Now, was this like was this like the studios, the same studio that did like Kubo and the Two Strings, and because it looks I, like the same? I'll, one. I'll find out for you. Oh, okay, Go ahead, keep talking while you don't I'm doing that. All right. So also Paranorman, which is by, Le- it's Paranorman by Leica Studios. But, uh, anyways, so uh, I love a good animated kind of horror film or stop motion animated uh, kind of horror film. These are great. Coraline is kind of the, the reigning champ in a way. Uh, but yeah, Coraline is fantastic. I have a like, Terry Hatcher as a mom up in there. Yeah, it's uh, like, the, it, like
0: the Studios. Yeah, did.
2: It. it is like, okay, it's like uh, Leica Studios is fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's Coraline. What can you, I mean, there's a giant spider in this movie. Uh It's like, yo, I'm I'm out. I'm I'm good. I mean, I know my cousin who's a shout, shout out to my cousin Sean Murphy. Who watched the Showtime sometimes, sometimes. horrified of spiders. I know that he does not fuck around that scene in the movie. And this is an animated kids movie. He will turn it off or walk out the room when that scene comes up. So.
0: Side note: Apparently, this is the first movie. Well, Lucas like Studios was the first company to do a feature linked movie using replacement faces on a 3D printer instead of ink paper on 3D. Right on. Hmm. Okay. So, fun fact. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, love like. That
0: like that. that was my number yeah. two. So, getting to the final number one, it's about time drum, for us to jump rolls, rolls. rolls. Otis, your number one, go ahead, give it to me. My boy, well,
1: uh, well, my actual number one we already talked about is it's sinister, that's my all time oh, favorite okay. horror movie, and it oh, always will that, be. Yeah. But my number two, uh, but my number one for this list is um, um that is one movie that I've always, 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 always what you, what you cut out zombie, zombie land. Okay, I was gonna oh. say,
2: that's what I like, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean you get Woody Harrelson you get uh good Jesse Eisenberg and not him being less Lex Luthor hmm. you
2: know uh
1: hmm. this is a uh, when when uh Emma Emma Stone was like oh yeah, but bro- she
2: wasn't a household name at the that's oh. cool. Yeah, was that
0: one was it was it this or was it the Scarlet Letter I feel like or easy was it easy easy hey, A? Easy A, a. Easy a. a was, was her first thinking? Oh yeah. my god, I had a mean crush on this woman, bro. Oh my god, go ahead, bro. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, is a, like, This isn't even a remotely scary movie. I mean, it is a horror. It is a horror movie, but it's a comedy. Com, movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a more. And yeah. it's, it's like it, Charlie. It's, it's
1: my favorite. I, uh, zombies has always been my favorite genre of things. Like, uh, zombie games are like usually my uh top tier for me. Is a zombie video game. I mean, it was take to say zombie video games twice. Uh, zombie movies have always been something I've been drawn to. At least I'll watch them. Versus some of the other horror stuff that I, I kind of want. not um, and then, of course zombie stories like a series like The Walking Dead, uh,
2: Z Nation. I've, I've seen, I've seen them all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and th- our our friendship. I wish I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for zombie comments because I wrote one and I didn't yeah. even know that Otis liked them, and then he read it. Uh, so yeah, uh, right on. Uh, zombies are great. Uh, I mentioned before how twenty weeks later the opening scene and twenty weeks later with the zombies. Still, one of my favorite moments of all cinema, period. So, yeah, Zombie Land is fun. I always think about that movie. I think about the rules and I think about Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, those two moments. Really number there. two, double tap.
0: This is double my two. first introduction of Woody Harrelson, saying I loved him after this movie. I was a Oh, way really?
2: Real oh, it's so your first one. Movie. Movie. Okay. What's, what's his? Is he, a, is he Tennessee? What's he? Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. On. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, number one. Yeah, so my number one, Um, I think I have mentioned it before in this podcast, is The Thing. It is no, um, there you go. Jesus, you, you, <laughs> you find the best images? God damn. Practical, uh, yeah, practical effects. It, it, it is practical flex. Now that was not Stan Winston. Um, that was his protege that worked in this movie. And he literally had a mental breakdown because he worked so hard on this, like working 18-hour days and everything. But, he, but it is a masterpiece. It is, it is objectively regarded as one of the greatest horror films of all time. So well done. Props to my man. Um, and I, it's no secret that I love John Carpenter. Um, I literally based Slade Nash largely off of Rush Hour and Big Trouble in China. Buddy Cops essentially right. doing their things. And Kurt Russell in this movie with John Carpenter, again, is just fantastic. I love the mm-hmm. idea of them being trapped in, I think it's Antarctica, not Alaska, it's Antarctica with an alien entity that we actually don't even really know its true form. Uh, we, when we first see it, it's posing as somebody else or a dog and everything else. So it's just like yeah, the idea of the unknown coming coming for your ass just perfect. perfect. Right. Now have now have either of y'all seen this? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: not the original one. I saw the remake at one <laughs> point. Which, yeah, I know. I know.
1: I watched the first one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've only seen the remake as well. So oh no. Think,
2: yeah. Okay, so the thing it's, is, so technically this one from the '80s was the remake. There's a one from the. 40s or 50s first. Then mm-hmm. this one with Kurt Russell is the is the remake of that, but that's when everyone thinks about. And then there was the prequel to this, which had Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. So it's those the one that came out in the two thousands. That's actually a prequel to this movie, which is mm-hmm. much, much worse. Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, well to finish off this list, uh, for my number one do 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 I have it in here? Yeah, I do have it in here. Halloween. I like love this movie because they made Michael Myers a demon in this shit. Like so many, in the similar vein I talked about earlier, where like Freddie and Jason, Michael Myers is definitely up there. If not, I don't know, I'm not saying he was bigger big than those other two, but he's up there and holds his weight in regards to like one of the bigger slashers and just uh horror franchise. Well, I don't say franchises because I, I, I will say all that real quick to get in this, this final one. I watched it on Peacock. That show was terrible. That shit oh, irks it, me it ends? Oh, yeah. ends i'm probably making a video that shit <laughs> bastardized this series so much i haven't, I haven't mm-hmm. seen reviews we can I'm talk probably... about that
1: we can oh, sure man, talk man. about that i'll be there
0: that 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 was fucking horrible and it, it bastardized the whole series but this one was the one that uh put jamie lee curtis on the map well i think it put her on the map i'm pretty sure it did no 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 it, it was the first okay. very first thing she sure. was
2: she literally was hired because her mom was in psycho
0: mm-hmm uh she lived up to it she did an amazing job as far as being the final girl like she actually fought back which i hoped a lot that's one thing about final girls that i i I really want if i'm ever directing anything of that nature writing anything of that nature is i need you to have some kind of fight in you i don't want you to just succeed or succumb to the circumstances and in her doing that she puts mike to the edge and you got to see mike do crazy shit like the undertaker uh, rise up which yes. I'm curious. The
2: under I'm I'm, I'm right. pretty sure did he he based that off of that at all. I'm I'm 99% sure he's pretty much confessed somewhere like yeah. It's, it's been it's pretty much been documented he's aware of that cuz if you do them side by side comparison mm. it's, it's like there's there's a, it's uh, yeah there's no doubt about it. he's aware of that. There's no doubt about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Core strength galore. Buddy uh was taking shots to the chest and uh not uh what was it a needle a sewing needle to the neck. It was a it was a coat hanger. Co-hanger to the eye. He's something, what happened to his eye? Did, he, did she stab him in the eye?
2: No, Co-hanger
0: to the eye and the needle to the neck. Because she got stabbed with a sewing needle that she picked right up off. from the floor. Uh, 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 real the quick, night.
2: we good. We good. How you? How you feeling, brother? How we feeling?
0: Hmm? What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. You near the end of it, but thanks for coming in. Um, yeah, that movie was legendary to me. It was done well. The, I, I, I gush about music all the time in horror. This to me was one of the most well done. Uh, horror tracks or just music themes in general. It's synonymous to that character. It's well. it's, it's just, I've, I can guess about this movie all day. It was done really well.
2: It, it, there's a lot of... I mean, we, we, are, we are over time a bit here, but this real mm-hmm. quick I'll say a couple of things. This was studied... I studied this movie in film school originally back in the day. Back before I did, you were born or even thought about. Uh And one of the things they mentioned that in the script was he's called The Shape. He hasn't actually caught... Mm-hmm. Once he mask on, he's no longer called Michael Myers or Mike. He's just called The Shape. Uh, and he's, uh, oftentimes they want to make it clear that he's around all the time. Similarly, it follows, but he's just there more or less in the daytime. He's there's so many times you're watching the movie too, but he's just in the background just standing there. And it sense, it's, it's creating an atmosphere of having a person, like a real stalker that's always around essentially. And two, he did essentially, um, Wes Craven, I'm sorry, John Carpenter and them kind of created a whole genre of slasher films because mm. there were so many, um, um, uh, um, Copycats after this, like uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and so forth and so on, because of this movie. So you got to give it a, this, no, I gonna uh, like, this. I was literally going to say that. This is this is
1: like the the originator of the slasher genre. Almost, I mean, it, it created the trope that literally thirty years of film following uh, hopped into. So I mean, I definitely got to give up props to the original Halloween as a. Standout movie that will remember forever. This, of course, don't remember the most recent one because uh, <sighs> or the one before that. The
2: one the, before the, that the, was okay. That's obviously yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, that was okay. I think I think the two out of out of the reboot trilogy, the first two were okay to me. This last one, I'm. Depreciating I value. I think I the
2: first it. one was the strongest. Second one definitely weaker, yeah. but not yeah. as, weak as the third one. Like so.
1: Halloween Kills was it was an atrocity as well. Like I want to that. Uh, was, well, yeah.
2: She's barely I, I, I saw like it. Way. She's barely in the movie. It's like, what are we doing, fam? What are there, we doing? It'll, I'll get it. I'm making a video on them. We're, yeah, we're, we're gonna. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into yeah. that. Also, uh, real quick shout out to our boy uh, for the great our, our, uh, rerunning D2 campaign until Abdel is getting... So, the D2 campaign, is that... What do you think that is, Dev or Otis D2? Which one is the game? Is it that? could Destiny
1: be Destiny 2? 2. It could Probably. be Division
2: Probably. 2. Probably. My be. guess would be Destiny 2. I'm guessing Destiny 2, right? Yeah. Destiny 2. I don't know if
0: anybody wants to run that Division campaign over again. Come uh, oh
2: what's that. up, my boy?
0: Nice. Uh, appreciate you for coming in, man. Oh. Early agreed. Yeah, we t- we had a whole dialogue about it. So if you want to see what we talked about it, going over to the Then Out podcast over on YouTube, and you can
2: rewatch this video to be up there. And you never need to apologize for having an opinion on this on this uh, channel. I just ask, oh, this mm-hmm. Uh right? Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But again, you can rewatch it. It's on the. It's going to be on YouTube after this. As soon as we close up here. Yeah. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for your support. We hope for your continued support. Um, if you guys want to support us. Um, again, but go over her, to YouTube. Give us a sub. Over the then and Out, that's, that's part of the church announcements. Yeah. I'm just getting into it. If we got to go. Um, go over to YouTube at The Then and Out Podcast. Give us a sub there. Road to 1,000 subs. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been The Then and Out Podcast. Um, and we're about to stop this. And if you guys want to tune in as uh, some more, on over on YouTube channel, we're going to be doing a charity stream uh, in which we're, we'll be playing Bloodborne. Every time Ethan here, every, Shifu dies, he's going to be donating money to the World Central Kitchen. Um,
2: our, our, our comic label, our comic label, because I, I, it's our comic label. Our comic oh, label, true. we're doing Echelon. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Echelon yeah. Echelon Graphic Novels will be making a donna- donation to the world. Uh, to Central kitchen.
0: kitchen. Again, so if you guys want to see that, tune in. We'll be hanging out there. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the then and out podcast. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.
1: Yeah. Like, Halloween kills and ends really happen, bro. Like, someone really.